Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to episode 12, The Importance of a Positive Stress Mindset. So our talk last week was very much based on the work of Carol Dweck, who's, who's amazing, and her concepts of the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. And of course, the fixed mindset is kind of about thinking, you know, talents are etched in stone, let's say like intelligence, something that just falls from the heaven, heavens. And, you know, this, this is our intelligence level or fill in the blank with whatever athleticism or art, artist, uh, being an artist that I'm, you know, I'm the smart one or I'm the artistic one, I'm the athletic one. And it's etched in stone. This is as smart as I can get. This leaves little of any room for change and improvement. Whereas the growth mindset, you know, especially when we're talking about failure, this is just review here. When we have a growth mindset, we don't get knocked down by failure. or We do get knocked down, but we get back up and we don't look at it as this is defining me, This that this is, you know, a permanent thing. We look at this as a chance to be redirected and grow. So we can become more intelligent, more artistic, more athletic, better at our job, a better parent, uh, whatever it is. And, and we can learn from our mistakes. This is the huge difference between fixed and growth mindsets. You know, one, one small example from last week was, you know, students that actually look for feedback on papers or exams and, or when they receive the feedback that they actually read it because they're not just, you know, skimming through for the, for the grade, yada, yada, boom, done. They want to really grow from it and learn from it. And that's just, that's just one example. Now we are going to sidestep over specifically to the importance of a positive stress mindset. You know, how we view stress is just so key to our well-being. And, you know, stress has gotten a bad rap out there. I think if you polled, you know, let's say a random 1,000 people, you know, you know, near where you live, probably the high majority of that 1,000 people would you know, check boxes like, you know, high blood pressure, heart attack, stroke, short lifespan, jumping into the booze, the cigarettes and all that. Not that all that can't be true. However, it doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. There's a whole nother side to this and people kind of, you know, equate stress with these things, short lifespan and, you know, a lengthy list of things that can go wrong physiologically. And how we choose, love the word choice, okay, how we choose to view stress has lots to do with how we respond to it and manage it. With the mind-body connection, obviously, you know, has a very direct effect on uh, how the body deals with stress, too. So, of course, there there are many definitions of stress out there. The one I live by personally is because I'm so into mindfulness, right? Is that stress is wanting the present moment to be something other than it is. So just think about how much sense this makes. You know, if we blow a tire on the highway, let's say the cell phone's dead, you know, maybe it's getting dark. Is there ever a good time for a car to break down or a computer? Actually, none, right? So let's say it's the, it's the car breaking down. Is the stress actually that the tire blew? We're okay. We're safe on the side of the road. Or is it that we are on our way to work and now we're going to be late? And it's this big, important meeting and I'm up for a promotion. Or is it I'm late to class and I've already missed the only two freebies I'm allowed. Now it's the third one. Now my grade drops. Is it that 
I'm late for a very first date. What a great impression. They may never, this future love of my life may never want to see me again because I'm not valuing her time or his time. Uh, there's a litany of things we could be late for, right? Because we're, we're on our way to somewhere. Then the thoughts start rolling through, you know, is somebody even going to stop and help me? Or what if somebody does stop to help me and they're a total creeper? And it might be, oh my God, how am I going to pay for this? Or, oh my gosh, I have a road trip scheduled on, you know, tomorrow. And I was planning on this car to take it. Now it's going to be in the shop for a week. The high majority of the stress is what kind of surrounds what's perceived to be the stressor. So think about this with the, the blown tire. Is it really the blown tire that's actually the stress? The answer is no. It's everything. It's where our mind is going with everything we're missing, everything we're late to, the money, potential creepers stopping by. It's all the rest of it. You can translate that example into another example. If you really kind of thoroughly, you know, look, look at whatever it is that you perceive to be the stress probably isn't real. And typically, say in most situations, you know, that stress sort of dissipates once we come to terms with this is what it is. I have something huge and important I had to be at and I'm flat on my back with the flu or something. Um, not going to happen. You know, I'm not going to, I am late because the car broke down. Once we accept that very uncomfortable truth, the stress itself usually is alleviated. So Glenn Blackett writes articles for the stress resilient mind. And he says that my working definition of stress is what happens when you're challenged out of your comfort zone to the point that your ability to cope is in doubt. So what Glenn's talking about here is what we've talked about in previous previous episodes was when, you know, it's kind of like a light switch flipped on and the threat response is kicked into gear, which is, of course, the, the you know, the limbic system, emotional headquarters for the brain and the uh, my favorite part of the brain, which which is the amygdala. This is the uh, what kicks into gear with the fight or flight. Now sometimes freeze or fog response. This is where the this is where the threat circuit starts. So basically, what Glenn writes about is about you know perceiving stress one of two ways, either as a threat response or as a challenge response. So here are uh, the questions that Glenn has you ask yourself when there is a stress, how you view stress. Is it a threat, meaning something that will negatively affect your emotional state, your performance, physical or mental, even your health? Or is whatever happened, is this a challenge that lifts you to a higher level of energy and performance? Example, a stress response to help you cope. So according to Glenn Blackett, here's why stress mindset matters. He says a negative stress mindset views stress as harmful, a threat, and therefore something to be avoided, averted, maybe even suppressed. Negative consequences are you'll avoid challenges and opportunities for growth and development, just as with the fixed mindset, like we talked about a couple weeks ago with Carol Dweck. And then there's avoidant behavior, right? We all know what that's about. Trying to avoid stress and in particular, trying to suppress the body's stress response actually amplifies it and makes the feeling of stress and anxiety worse. 
and probably longer lasting. And it's, it's, it's amazing how these all thread together. You know, it's kind of a lot of people saying the same thing, you know, just or similar thing, just in different ways. We also had talked about this, you know, a bunch of episodes back about, um, I think it was Carl Jung, who was one of the people who said it, that that which we resist will persist. Well, what we're talking about here with the stress response isn't that different. Okay, and uh, listen to this because his last one's a real kicker here. So why the stress mindset matters is also you can get locked into a state of chronic stress response, which is actually harmful. And he has an unlike, unlike short bursts of stress, okay? Your stress mindset becomes self-fulfilling. This is huge because when something isn't just like, you know, bursts of stress, like he says, it actually becomes a mindset, not different really from what we were talking about with the Carol Dweck stuff, it then becomes our filter. If you remember, we're talking, uh, I used the analogy, you know, two weeks ago about the colander, you know, the thing you dump pasta into or vegetables, and we all have a different colander. And the stuff that gets dumped in from our external world, you know, we kind of, you know, goes in there and some of it stays and like the water, the rest of it runs out. Well, this isn't different. And why it's very, 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 very important to um, pay attention to how we view stress. Okay, now we can also choose, again, choice, conscious choice, conscious effort. We can choose to adopt a positive stress mindset, which Glenn says is um, when we meet stress as a challenge to be embraced, moving us to perform better. The stress response is your body's mobilizing energy to help you meet the challenge. I love that. I think of Michael Phelps or somebody on Broadway, you know, like that, that rush you get right before it's opening night or before the, you know, the gun's about to go off in the Olympics. Just think of how cool it is. Then he says, it feels like excitement. It feels like excitement and not anxiety. In other words, although there is still a physical stress response, it doesn't feel like stress at all. Okay. So Glenn Blackett, uh, has four questions to help, to help us figure out what type of stress mindset we have. Okay. If you have a pen, pencil, you might want to write it down or just you know, be mindful and, and think about your life and think about, uh, you know, being super honest with yourself right now. Okay. So number one, he asks, do you believe the effects of stress are on the whole negative or positive? All right. Give that some thought. Number two, in your life, do you try to avoid stress or do you embrace it? Number three, how do you believe stress affects our well-being, health, and vitality? It's a good one. And lastly, how do you believe stress affects your performance and productivity in your work but also beyond? So if we go back, we go back to that first one, okay, that's asking us if we believe the effects of stress are on the whole negative or positive. You know, if you are currently, if your answer is currently negative to that because you're being honest, try not to beat yourself up too much because realize how polluted this view has been by our media-saturated society. 
you know, there are signs up everywhere in even in doctor's offices. And, you know, it's just been, it's been, stress has gotten such a bad rap. And so just remember that. And also remember that, uh, that the mindset thing goes back to having skills and skill sets. Remember, I'm a big fan because that means we can choose to adopt a positive stress mindset, put in the effort, practice it, you know, commit to it and come out on top with a new mindset. So uh, just remember, cut yourself slack and remember that you can turn this around today if you choose to. Okay. And for the second one, you know, really addresses avoidant behavior in general, which we know for, for the most part, rarely are things in life absolute, right? For the most part, avoidant behavior just isn't all that healthy. Okay. So the second one is about avoiding stress or embracing it. You know, so ask yourself, do you avoid stress or do you embrace it? And then remember again, that it makes very good sense to try to avoid something that at least in the U S has gotten such a bad rap. I mean, it makes sense. We try to avoid something that has an attachment to heart attacks and strokes, you know, and then there's the third one, you know, that addresses, you know, our overall well-being, basically. And just think again, think of the words. We're going to get to the words thing and why they're so important shortly. And when people say, oh, so-and-so, he's under so he's under so much stress and he looks like he's, you know, he might look like he's an inch from death, right? His overall well-being is shot. And the immediate answer is, well, he's, he's overwhelmed with stress. He has so much on his plate. He's under so much press, uh, pressure. He's at a pressure cooker. Too much stress. It all comes back to you know, being under so much stress. So I think this, in my opinion, is like where the shift in mindset really happens because when we can make the effort, right, to shift our visual on this and realize that stress, what stress is really doing is pointing us in the direction of what's important to us. That's really what's happening here. We don't always get that. We get all wrapped up in the buzz and the, and the, you know, heated moments and the heart's pounding and we are, the chest feels tight and all that rather than breathing deeply, which I'm a big fan of deep intentional breaths. This returns the mind to the body, right? We can then think using our prefrontal cortex, which is now calmer. It's where all the big stuff happens right up in the front, right? Judgment, reasoning, decision-making, planning, all that stuff. A calmer prefrontal cortex is going to have a much better result as far as the decision goes, right? So breathing deeply and then really evaluating, why is my heart racing? Right? Why do I feel tight in my chest? I've got a deadline at work on this, on this big project. I've got a big uh, paper due in school. I've got blah, blah, blah happening, okay? And what it's really doing, you know, is, is pointing us and shifting us in the direction of what truly matters to us, what is important, so I think really the fourth one that Glenn asked us is really where we was really where kind of we segue to to where we're about to, to pivot. I feel like again like a shortstop being ready, like the balls hit at us. Now we gotta choose, like quick, quickly, make a direction, grab the ball, right? How do you believe stress affects your performance and productivity? This is right, this is where it comes down to the real grit right here is performance and, and productivity. How does stress uh, you know, influence us or affect us in the way with work and personal life and everything else. So the real question here is, does stress kind of throw a wrench 
in your momentum? Does it impair you? Does it make your productivity less? Does it does too much stress actually completely derail you and cause you to come to a screeching halt? Or is stress a motivator for you, a huge motivator for you? Because I'm thinking of work or school, you know, you may be up for a promotion, just a big project, just something you're genuinely excited about, all kinds of creativity, all kinds all kinds of room to put your own personal stamp on it. Does it motivate you to be like, you know, wow, I can really do something here. So Glenn, in his discussion, talks about the key to kind of making that shift to a positive mindset as involving confidence and willingness. So he says, uh, in practice, you can do that to the extent of what you're willing to experience sort of what you're allowing to happen. Don't fight or resist it. That's what amplifies the stress response. So being willing and open to whatever experience. Obviously, there are going to be exceptions to this, right? In which talk, we're talking about in general, kind of making that shift rather than resisting to being willing to experience whatever it is. And secondly, he talks about um, confidence. He says you're confident of your ability to recover. Okay, it doesn't mean you'll crush whatever it is. It means that you're confident, willing to try, and willing to get back up if it doesn't work, willing to recover. You know the feeling won't last, and you can calm down again. This is not a permanent thing. This too shall pass. Words are just so powerful. And when we make a conscious switch, you know, then we will then sort of feel that reflected back on the inside and this is how others are then going to um, view us and also respond and react to us or the other way around, react and respond to us. And here's one I'd like to add because I'm a big fan of word choices. And I realize we haven't gotten to the episode I'm gonna, I plan to do on, on depression later because I'll bring up word choices again there. But, you know, the words we choose, kind of like when we talked about my, the other mindsets as well, have a lot to do with our explanatory style, right? They're really kind of an outward expression of our inner emotionality. So when a stressful thing is going on, let's say in a, a project at work, the papers do something, something's going on at work that's big or planning something, big event, whatever, rather than, you know, saying, I'm, I'm so stressed out about this, shifting our words to, rather than I'm so stressed out about this, Wow, I'm so excited about this. So the real question here is, does stress kind of throw a wrench in your momentum? Does it impair you? Does it make your productivity less? Does it does too much stress actually completely derail you and cause you to come to a screeching halt? Or is stress a motivator for you, a huge motivator for you? Because I'm thinking of work or school, you know, you may be up for a promotion, just a big project, just something you're genuinely excited about, all kinds of creativity, all, kind, all kinds of room to put your own personal stamp on it. Does it motivate you to be like, you know, wow, I can really do something here? So what's really cool is once we make this shift or start to make this shift, right, things don't happen overnight, usually, we start to make this shift and we have one maybe really small success. It might be some isolated thing where we're kind of realizing we're stressed and we think back you know, to the podcast episode and what we talked about and the questions that we've answered. And we think, okay, I'm going to step out of this mentally. We can dodge into a, a you know, 
a restroom or something. Okay, I'm feeling stressed. What am I going to do with this? Am I going to do this stress response thing where my heart's racing and then I, my mind, my thoughts get all over the place? Or am I going to just take a few deep breaths and realize, okay, I feel stressed. My heart's pumping. My chest feels a little tight. And you know what? I'm remembering that the majority of this time, this is pointing me towards something that matters to me. You know, then shift our words from I'm stressed to I'm excited. We then run with that football, okay? And we have one small itty-bitty success that to someone else might seem like nothing in a conversation or somebody in a room was stressing us out. It's like on the other side of the room and doesn't even know it. And we we change that to I'm excited, you know, to talk to this person, meet this person, finish that deal, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then that becomes a mojo. It can become a mojo for change. And that one little change turns into another change, like dominoes. And before you know it, you might be getting up in the morning and doing yoga, something you thought you'd never do, or a run. Motivation and having the closure and, and sense of accomplishment of that leads to, to a higher degree of mo- motivation, and it gets better and better and better. Now, also remember when you know, I was kind of saying that's the definition of stress that I live by, which is stress to me is wanting the present moment to be something other than it is, okay, which gels with what we're talking about uh, with with Glenn's as well, a definition as well, because once we get to that place of accepting that whatever situation we are in at this minute or that we're thinking about in this minute is stressful, once we accept this is my present moment, this is what it is, whatever's not working how I thought it would, again, the car broke down, you know, I got locked out, lost my keys, you know, whatever, blah, 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 um, or something bigger even. This is the present moment. I just got this bad phone call. Da, 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 da. Once we come to terms with that, a lot of that tightness in the chest area will, will dissipate. And remember how much this whole mindset shift totally gels with mindfulness and Without getting into all mindfulnesses all over again, we'll just stick with sort of the one principle of mindfulness that we're kind of thinking about right now, which is acceptance, accepting that this is what my present moment is. And John Kabat-Zinn, who's one of, you know, probably at least the most famous guru of mindfulness I'm aware of, though there are many, he is definitely, you know, to me, who stands out first. He talks about this, you know, acceptance is a very active process. There's nothing passive about it. It's not like a passive resignation. We are a key player in in making this happen. Instead, he says that this is about recognition, that things are actually the way they are. And, you know, sometimes we're not liking this. Maybe we had to start out with a little bit of resistance and, you know, my, this is my present moment and I don't like it. We don't always like it right away or like it at all, for that matter. And John kind of clarifies that acceptance doesn't mean that we can't, you know, work to change the world, you know, or to make a change in some circumstances, you know, sometimes they're of one kind or the other. You know, basically the main theme of what John's saying is that unless we accept things the way they are, the present moment you know, exactly as it is, we can find ourselves trying to force things to be the way they are not.
And this is what is stressful. Thank you so much for listening. This is Kimberly Quinn signing off from Northern Vermont. Have a mindful day.